Nadia Sullenberg presents Casual Friday. Written and read by Thaddeus Allenberg. The Milstein Announcement. Last week, manager and event coordinator of the Airport Superior Inn in South Bend, Indiana, Bob Milstein, released on the hotel's website the long-awaited and much-anticipated ballroom event schedule for the upcoming year. Travelers and event attendees alike posted their praises online, and within hours, a fever of support littered message boards and travel sites. With one glance, Milstein's lineup, comprised of exuberant gatherings and noted milestones, promises to not disappoint. It seems as though our wildest dreams have come true, and Milstein has delivered another knockout. January. The Airport Superior Inn welcomes back the Indiana Association of Embalmers for their third annual award ceremony. The evening's Master of Ceremonies will be none other than Bill Waxman, a graduate of A.K. Garfield College of Mortuary Sciences, an author of notable articles including The Art of Expression and the Not Uncommon Pleasant Look, and The Afterlife, Business or Casual, both of which have been largely accepted as standard practice among contemporary morticians and funeral directors. The evening will begin with cocktails and hors d'oeuvres and a song by Jake Garnell and his three-piece band. This year's awards will include Best Likeness, Best Symmetry, Best Restoration, and the always popular Best Smile. The evening will conclude with a Lifetime Achievement Award given to Walter Prince, presented by Chairman of the IAE, Gary Holmes. Prince received his embalming license from the state of Indiana in 1946 at the age of 19 and has performed over 15,000 cases. A plaque will be given to Mr. Prince, and a surprise charity will receive a $5,000 donation and seven cases of moisturizing cream in his name. February. The Jackie Gleason Lookalike Fan Club will be holding their biannual meeting this year in South Bend. The gathering chapters will meet one night only, Saturday the 17th, for an evening entitled To the Moon. This will be the Society's first meeting to take place outside of a bowling alley, given the increasing number of complaints from non-Honeymooners Gleasons. Led by Great Lakes Chapter President Earl McFadden, Northwestern Chapter President Stephen Danforth, and Charlotte Chapter President Mitchie Kendall, the event will play host to a dynamic cast of Gleason impersonators from around the country. Notable appearances this year will include Gleason scholar and Midwest chapter VP Chris Poole, reading new excerpts from his upcoming Gleason biography, as well as a speech by Terry Morbridge, leader of the Northeastern Celebrity Lookalikes Union, Amusement Parks Division, highlighting the advancements and adversities of the employed celebrity impersonator. A dinner will be served, followed by the much-anticipated announcement of this year's costume contest winners. 
Second and third places will receive a cash prize, while first place will take home one of the actual preserved boutonnieres designed for Gleason's legendary character Sheriff Buford T. Justice in the 1980 comedy Smoking the Bandit 2. Last year's winner was Alan Balduck of Spring Lake, Maryland, with his electrifying spacesuit from the classic Honeymooners episode, The Man from Space. Baldock was awarded $400 and a replica Minnesota Fats pool cue and carrying case. March. This month kicks off with the second annual meeting of the Society for the Preservation of Nudity on Film. Led by founder Joey Middleton, a student of communications at the University of Indiana, and his roommates, Kirk and Sloan Redding, and sponsored by Black Lace Entertainment, the Society's goal is to shed light on the importance of nudity in mainstream film and television, and preserve and immortalize the cinema's most iconic skin scenes for the enjoyment of future generations. The evening will begin with a meet and greet, followed by a formal welcome of new members by Mr. Middleton. This year's meeting will spotlight the Society's recent accomplishments and outline future preservations. The evening's piece of resistance will showcase the current restoration of the back bedroom party scene from the 1985 coming-of-age comedy I Was a Teenage Playboy, where actress Sharon Reynolds bears her breast as high school senior Kimmy Johnson. Lead restorers Johnny Kirtland and Miles Tate will discuss the Society's acquisition of the negative and its decaying condition the estimated cost of restoration, and the painstaking process to return the scene to its original splendor. Their presentation will include in-depth side-by-side comparisons and a word from colorist Leonard Stubbs, who will discuss adjustments to color temperature, specifically the hallway light entering from under the bedroom door, in their efforts to recapture the scene's essence. The evening will conclude with a montage of the Society's work over the past year, and will proceed with several TV remote controls in the audience for pause and rewind action. April. The Cook County Generating Station's baseball team is gearing up for their second season by hosting a fundraiser. The event will be held on the evening of the 17th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and will be led by team bus driver and manager Billy Freeman. The league is composed of 15 different plants, each operating under the Indiana Power Company name. Last season, the Cook County Generating Station turned in a record of 1-14. Their only win came with the forfeit from JP Nuclear Power Plant during last year's reactor scare in Irwin County. A spaghetti dinner will be served with meatballs supplied by D&D Market, followed by a comedy routine performed by third baseman and Unit 2 foreman Stan Cox and shortstop and safety inspector Jeff Higginbotham, as well as a song by right fielder and mechanical engineer Harry Lofton. The evening will conclude with a musical number from the original show, Under the Lights of Skokie Field, featuring a duet from pitcher and boiler tuner Ralph Mitchum and catcher and Unit 4 construction manager Bob Kinsley. May. The South Bend Women's Club returns to the airport superior for their annual spring fashion show and luncheon to raise funds for local charities. This year's theme will be Exotic Bird Women of South America. The show will be produced by Easy Productions and coordinated by renowned Chicago event liaison Armin Scott, whose recent credits include the Evansville Baby Fair and Day 2 of the Indianapolis Cheese Forum. Lighting and fog effects will be supplied by Neil Corbin at Studio Plaques, and the avian garments will be overseen by club members Kathy Wallace and Tricia Moore, 
and will be fabricated by fashion students from the women's own Mary Elizabeth College. The show will begin with an introduction made by co-president Lisa Malsbury and special guest, stylist, and best-selling author Lena Paris, as well as Paula Zabo, fashion enthusiast and finalist from last year's hit matchmaking television series, Love Locked. Following the program will be a raffle of gift baskets donated by Justine's Body Works and Fred's Army and Police Supply. This year we'll also see the first presentation of the Harriet Keller Award, named after the club's founder and first lady of Indiana's Carnival Band. Keller's crusade began in Heckler County, where she fought to preserve small-town values by passing an order to prohibit the passing through of Carnival Folk and other drifters, a bar which has since been lifted. The award will be handed out by club co-president Kendra Weaver and given to the club member who most encompasses the principles imparted by Keller. The esteemed will also receive a $25 gift card to the Doodad Emporium. June. The Raymond Ballestero wedding is set for Saturday, June the 9th, and promises to be a joyous affair. The reception will take place in the ballroom shortly after the ceremony at Woodshire Presbyterian Church and has a guest list of 251 souls, with 125 from the bride's side, 125 from the groom's side, and one undecided. The young couple, Donna and Connor, met at Lucky's Gas and Diner on Wallace Avenue after Connor spent the entire summer topping off his gas tank just to get a look at a pretty waitress inside. One day he mustered up the courage to sit down at her counter and while experiencing lightheadedness due to her bewitchery, ordered the establishment's first ever warm lobster tail special. It was Donna that drove an ill Connor to the hospital. Their cheerful union will be furnished with white linens and lace and napkins folded to look like lobster tails, constructed by Master Folder and friend of the airport superior, D. Jean. A four-tier wedding cake is being driven into town from the kitchen of young, famed New York baker, Alex Leonard, who recently received notoriety after being included on Tillman's celebrated list of 30 under 30 wedding bakers. The airport superior would like to extend its congratulations by offering the bride and groom a complimentary bottle of moderately priced champagne for their wedding toast, as well as a complimentary one-night stay on their first-year anniversary. At the conclusion of the celebration, Donna and Connor will be whisked away to the airport where they'll fly to a private honeymoon location, a destination that has been undisclosed to Donna. Connor is keeping his lips sealed, but did reveal that the area was so remote, the only thing that could possibly find them would be malaria. July. The Airport Superior Ballroom proudly welcomes the 50-year Tweedling family reunion. Jedediah Tweedling made his fortune in the early 19th century after opening one of the largest facilities in the country for manufacturing yarn. Tweedling was known for producing only yarn spun together counterclockwise, or S-twists. It was Jedediah's son, Victor Tweedling, who eventually sold the factory to the newly assembled American Weavers and Embroiders Federation and donated the remaining inventory to a purebred cat farm in western Pennsylvania. The money from the sale was used to purchase a 1,500-acre land plot in Indiana's Northern Till Plains region, where Victor built his own factory for producing only yarn spun clockwise, or Z-twist. A town sprang up overnight and eventually grew into what is today Tweedling, Indiana. Every half century, the surviving Tweedlings gather for a reunion. A highlight of this year's reunion will be the great-great-granddaughter of Jedediah Tweedling, 
and author of the Tweedling family memoirs, Pamela Tweedling, reading from a recently discovered journal of Jedediahs, containing entry after entry outlining the pros and cons of both the S and Z twists, as well as a set of correspondences between Jedediah and his brother Abraham, discussing matters of three-ply braiding, over or under. Both documents will be placed on display inside the Tweedling Family Museum, along with a newly purchased ball of original Tweedling S-Twist yarn. The sample was acquired at a staggering $560,000 from the Pinkley Collection, the country's largest privately owned collection of rare and valuable twine and string. August. This month, the Airport Superior Inn teams up with both the American Culinary Association and the Indiana Department of Corrections to constitute the first meeting of the National Coalition for the Advancement of Prison Food. The event will take place on Friday the 3rd from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and will be hosted by Jack Bushling, former Fort Wayne City Councilman and Castle Rock Correctional Facility inmate number 233198. The assembly will begin with selective readings from the Eighth Amendment regarding cruel and unusual punishment, an appearance by country music legend and Georgia State prison inmate from 1963 to 1965, Hal McGuthrie, who will be singing a song from his new album, Love in a Mason Jar. This will be followed by a presentation of newly reformed meals set to launch within the Indiana prison system in the upcoming years. The dishes have been created by celebrity chef and host of the edgy Wednesday night cable show, Letters from Meals of Misfortune, and brief resident of the Farmington County lockup, Michael Tartersall. Following is one of the many proposed meal schedules set for unveiling at the event. Monday night, beef stroganoff made with mignon tips, wild mushroom caps, and minced onions. Tuesday night, a chicken roll with pesto and herb, stuffed with goat cheese, served with a Greek salad. Wednesday night, a grilled ham and cheese sandwich with tomato and sautéed onions on a buttered sourdough loaf served with kettle chips. Thursday night, blackened pepper steak with red roasted potatoes and greens. Friday night, cabbage casserole with mushrooms and onions and cornbread breadcrumbs. Saturday night, a hamburger with blue cheese and a roasted jalapeno pepper served with sweet potato fries. Sunday night, pan-seared halibut seasoned with cilantro on a bed of wild rice served with spinach. A juice will be paired with each meal along with a fruit bowl and dessert. Guest prisoners from Lake Porter Penitentiary and the Marshall County Jail, along with members of the coalition, will be on hand for a sampling of the new cuisines. Their visit to South Bend will coincide with a prison day trip to the Millage Museum of Natural History. September. Join us Saturday the 22nd at 9 a.m. for a lesson in casino gambling through the award-winning one-day seminar, Fast Dave's Surefire Strategy to Games of Chance, presented by Pendragon Playing Cards. Leave your rabbit's feet, four-leaf clovers, and smash pennies at home as Dave Zabinski, veteran gambler and creator of the best-selling casino handbooks, another round of slots, and a survival guide to the casino buffet, discloses his most valuable and sought-after secrets and foolproof methods to the public. Notable techniques will include the ever-popular spinning in a circle with your eyes closed to choose a winning machine, the proper approach to blowing on dice to ensure results, and the always-overlooked morning rush and pre-noon payout. Special guests will include Christopher Mellendorf, retired high school janitor and dyslexia survivor, who, over the course of three years, 
won over half a million dollars using Dave Zavinsky's guaranteed system. And Marion Atwater, former seed on the Indiana Gaming Commission and current president of the Indiana Gamblers Anonymous Council, who will be speaking on the mathematical odds of blind luck and the sweet feeling when it pays off. The workshop will be split into morning and afternoon sessions, with a catered lunch in the middle. Lunch will consist of corn taquitos and nachos, derived from the area's own Shawnee Indians, and will contain a choice of a casino-inspired meat, stringy or tough. Concluding the afternoon session will be a brief book signing and photo session with Mr. Zabinski. All attendees are encouraged to refrain from wearing strong perfumes or colognes and to avoid visual contact with Mr. Zabinski's hairline, as he suffers from both a hyperactive sense of smell and an increasing fear of baldness. October. The seventh annual KLNR Sounds of the 60s and 70s Public Broadcasting Dance Marathon will wrap up the month of October. The contest will commence on Friday the 26th at 5 p.m., and will continue until a single couple remains on the dance floor. Contestants will move and shake till their heart's content to the soothing sounds of KLNR's greatest and most treasured hits. This year's jam-packed playlist will include famous recordings like the 1967 interview of New York School sculptor and painter Cleet Carey by renowned radio personality Philip Brennan, known around the country for his lyrical and distinctly melodic voice the 1968 field report from journalist Helen Matheson during a mass walkout of Mexican-American high school students in East Los Angeles, and the fervent outcries for equality from 16-year-old Claudia Mandia, as well as the 90-minute-long 1972-aired English literature course by Professor Leonard Collinsworth to a group of students and educators at Mulray College in New Brampton, Connecticut. And should time permit, Dancers will surely find their groove to a four-hour recording of the Daltrey Academy a cappella group delivering their celebrated holiday classics, taped and aired for the first time in 1976. The evening's host will be popular KLNR disc jockey Spuds Allen and his sidekick, Rabid Moose. The winning dance team will receive a $300 cash prize, as well as a guided tour of the KLNR radio station for themselves and a guest. The grand prize will also include either a CD or cassette tape box set of the acclaimed lecture series A Night Of by Richard Campton, famed theologian and recent winner of the Hamilton Grant, current benefactors of Campton's international study on cultural aesthetics as a means of finding the hottest girl on the planet. November. The Airport Superior Inn Ballroom cordially receives Howard and Annette Buttersby, and there are over 200 guests to celebrate the couple's 65th wedding anniversary. The young couple was married on November 18, 1953, at Birch Hollow Baptist Church in Stonesfort, West Virginia, where they lived for nearly 40 years in an eclectic house of stone and brick built by Howard himself, using nothing but his hands and a little mid-20th century know-how. Annette was a nurse at the nearby Darwin Young General, while Howard stayed at home continuing his work from the war, studying low-frequency acoustics, and in his leisure, disrupting the neighborhood wildlife and tricking all the dogs on the street into thinking a storm was imminent. After their joint retirement, Howard and Annette moved to South Bend to be closer to their children, Tripp and Samantha Buttersby, and their families. This blue sapphire anniversary will be marked 
by a surprise song on the trumpet from Howard to Annette, a brass serenade of the same song that was playing on the radio 65 years earlier on their wedding night. Howard will be accompanied by the St. Christensen Dropouts, a local youth jazz band of which his grandson is a member, in addition to the Shuckton County Firemen's Band. Annette plans to read a poem she prepared for Howard, and will be reading it in her husband's native southern tongue. December. The airport superior finishes a packed year with its most celebrated event of the season, the hotel's pride and joy, the eagerly anticipated South Bend Santa and Trees Symposium. The only indoor affair of its kind, this festive jubilation offers a revered host of spirited, white-knuckle competitions pitting family against family, as well as a hodgepodge of Xmas-related lectures, featuring some of the area's heaviest holiday hitters, including logger Bill Chaser, addressing Yule log preferences and commonly overlooked damper positions for that slow and sought-after burn, as well as the always energetic Chris Holly with his rib-tickling anecdotes expounding on topics from failed gingerbread houses to flaming Christmas pyramids. The contest portion of the evening will begin with the always entertaining Best Dressed Santa, an honor awarded to Melvin Cooligan of Brentwood Estates for the last three consecutive years. Cooligan, a beloved member of the community and the proprietor of the Cooligan Pillow Shop, will defend his title this year against three-time runner-up Ralph Peckler, who, after taking second place for the last three years, proclaimed with confidence his inevitable victory for the upcoming year with his secret suit, which he boasted as being inspired by the Holy Land and taken straight from the history books. Another jewel of the evening will be the popular speed tree decorating competition, in addition to a cherished South Bend tradition, the time-honored Christmas tree toss. To ensure a level playing field, contestants will use a standard 7-foot spruce. The current record has been marked at 11 feet and is held by Clay Arnold, who last year, sadly, dislocated his shoulder in an attempt to break 12 feet during an off-season exhibition in Tampa, Florida. The airport superior wishes to extend a special thank you to Head of Housekeeping Brunhilde Roslin, who will be on hand for the tree toss to vacuum needles between throws. The evening celebration will conclude with unquestionably the most amusing competition of the evening, the famed eggnog drinking contest, a discipline mastered by reigning champion, 67-year-old retired first-grade school teacher, Iris Johnston. This year will also feature the first-ever lactose-free contest, set to take place before the main event. This has been a production of Thaddeus Ellenberg's Casual Friday. Written and read by Thaddeus Ellenberg. With an introduction by Nicole Kalasich. And artwork by Adrian Lobel. This series is independently produced by Thaddeus Ellenberg and Will Scovel. To find more episodes and information, visit our website at casualfridaypodcast.org or email us at contact.casualfriday at gmail.com.